friends, you're listening to Cricket's Chicha Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. And welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. I am Lauren, and I'm the host of this little corner of the internet. If you are new to this podcast or you're new to Creative Mom Boss, I would love to invite you to join my private Facebook group, Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger. We have such a wonderful group of Etsy entrepreneurs who are so willing to give advice and to give feedback and ask questions and just have great discussions about the selling platform and about selling online in general. So I would love for you to join us and you can find that group at creativemomboss.com slash Facebook. The topic of today's podcast is how long does it take to get your first sale on Etsy? If you are brand new to the platform or if you've been selling on Etsy for a little while, I still think you'll be able to get some good advice from this episode because it is true of everyone that's new to the platform or who doesn't have consistent sales. But I get asked all the time, how long is it going to take me to get my first sale? And a lot of times, if you ask this question in large Facebook groups, Etsy Facebook groups specifically, people will start to tell their anecdotal stories of how it took six months to get their first sale on Etsy or how they've been selling for a year and they still haven't had a sale. And you just have to be patient because it takes a really long time to get found on the internet or they've been selling for two years and they've had five sales. It always makes me cringe when I hear this advice because I think that it can be, A, so discouraging to hear that you may work on your shop and put these listings up on the internet, and then maybe six months from now, you will have sold one thing. And also, B, it's just terrible advice that allows people to blame it on the internet and blame it on the Etsy platform rather than actually looking at their shop and looking at what they're doing in their shop and figuring out why what they're doing is not working and why they're not actually making any sales. So I'm just going to come out and say it. It should not take six months and definitely not a year to get one sale on Etsy. I started my shop on September 3rd, 2012, and I had my first sale on September 7th, 2012. Now, granted, that was almost seven years ago, and there weren't as many shops at the time, and blah, blah, blah. But even then, even in 2012, everyone talked about how Etsy was oversaturated, and the internet was oversaturated, and there was no more room to be successful. Etsy had maxed out. There were too many shops, and I had missed the boat of starting my shop years earlier. And I still had my first sale within four days. Now, granted, it was my college roommate's mom that bought for me, so I definitely wasn't blowing up the internet with my brand new shop and attracting all of these wonderful strangers to buy my really awesome products, but I still had that sale within four days. And then the next one was about a week after that. And then the next one was two days after that. And by the end of the first month, I'd had over $200 in sales. Definitely not all to my friend's mom or even to people that I knew. I don't have that many people that I know that are supportive enough to buy $200 worth of stuff. 
So if you are six months into selling on Etsy and you have not had any sales or you have had one or two sales, or honestly, even if you are a couple of months in and you haven't really sold anything or maybe you've sold a few things to people you know, it's really time to reevaluate what you're doing and to look at your shop and see where you can improve in order to drive more traffic to your shop. So let's jump right into my top five things to look at if you're struggling with your sales or you're not getting a lot of consistent traffic or sales to make your shop look more professional and to attract the right kind of customers who actually might make a purchase. Number one is to make sure that you have decent pictures. I can't tell you how many times that I click on somebody's Etsy shop and I see their product photography that is so dark and depressing and dingy looking that it would be a miracle if a customer was attracted to it enough to buy it. And I don't say that to be mean or to be discouraging or even really to give you tough love about your photography or how difficult product photography is. I totally struggle with product photography. I am a terrible photographer. It's not something that I enjoy. It's not something that I'm good at. And it is something that I have had to work on over and over and over again, much to my chagrin. But when you are selling online and you are selling a product to somebody that cannot see the product in person and can't touch it and look at it and feel it and see the quality of what they're buying, you have to make sure that the photography that you're using to advertise the product and to attract your customer is really showing your product in the best light that you possibly can literally and figuratively. This doesn't mean that you're going to make it look like it came straight out of a Pottery Barn catalog, but that's not even necessary because people know that most Etsy sellers are people working from home. They're not professional photographers. They don't have a great studio to set things up and have these wonderful sets and backdrops and all of that stuff to make them look beautiful. I don't think that perfectly staged Instagram influencer-esque pictures are necessary, but I do think that it's necessary to have decent lighting in your pictures, a clean, simple background or backdrop, and multiple pictures that show different angles of the product or different details of the product that the customer might find interesting or necessary to know if they wanted to buy that product. Again, I don't want you to feel like this is an insurmountable task because you don't have any photography experience and you're just not good at taking pictures because it's not necessary to be an amazing photographer in order to have decent pictures of your products. I actually ran an experiment at one time with my products and I hired a photographer to take better, more staged photos. I had a picture of my product that I took with my camera on a flat lay in my son's bedroom up against the window where there was good sunlight, but it wasn't direct sunlight. And then I also had a picture of the same product that I hired an influencer to take. Her photo was staged in a really cute nursery. It had beautiful lighting and just a really crisp, clean, trendy looking on point picture. Ultimately, the picture that I took with the basic folded blanket on a backdrop has always consistently sold better than the Instagram influencer staged photos. My best photography tips would be to find a well-lit room that has large windows or a lot of natural sunlight, 
You can buy really cheap photography backgrounds on Amazon, and I will link to this in the page. So if you go to creativemomboss.com slash episode 014, you can find the link to my favorite cheap photography backdrop on Amazon. It I bought this years ago. It's held up really well and has provided a backdrop that didn't cost a lot of money, but it allows it to be really cost effective and simple and clean and professional looking. I took these paper vinyl backdrops and I taped it around a poster board, like a foam board that was a little bit thicker. And then I put my product on top of it, pushed it up against the window, not in the direct sunlight, but sort of like in the shadowy part of the bright sunlight. And that's how I've always taken my pictures. Are they perfect? Are they going to win any photography awards? Are they good enough to put into a magazine? No on all of those. And I also will add that they are not good enough for me to be an Instagram influencer. I am not a skilled photographer, but they're good enough to sell on Etsy and they've served me well for years. And it's a pretty simple and inexpensive way of taking product photography that allows the product to be showcased and the colors and the details of the item to be seen without incurring a lot of expense or having to hire it out and then coordinate with a photographer's schedule and pay them or give them free stuff or whatever. It also allows you to get past the mindset block of saying, I'm not a good photographer and I have to hire somebody, which then stops you from moving forward because you feel like you're stuck in that position that you don't know a photographer, you don't have the money to hire somebody or whatever. You have to get scrappy, do the best you can with the product photography, but that direct sunlight and the good lighting in that pictures is absolutely critical. Number two on my list of things that you have to make sure are in place and ready to go if your shop is kind of struggling or you just haven't seen the kind of sales that you're wanting to see is to make sure that your shop is filled out and all of your policies are in place to protect you and also to protect the customer in the transaction. As a customer, I would never purchase from a shop that had no policies or had really sketchy policies that showed me that they did not understand how the world of e-commerce works. One of my biggest pet peeves is when I see people that have something on their shop that says something along the lines of, once the item leaves my house, it's out of my hands, and if the post office loses it, you're totally out of luck. Usually they word it a little bit nicer than that. Sometimes it's like, once it leaves my house, it's not my responsibility, but the message is still there. They're not accepting any responsibility. They're saying, tough on you if the post office loses it. And the message that I get from that is that they're not an informed seller and they don't understand how buyer protection works. Now, as a seller, I know that if the post office loses that package in transit and there is no tracking number that shows that it was delivered to my correct address, the seller absolutely is responsible and I will get my money back either through Etsy or through PayPal or through my credit card. But I also know that because that seller is not informed and they don't know how that works, they're not knowledgeable about selling online, they're probably going to be a pain in the butt to deal with. And it makes me question what else they're uninformed about and unknowledgeable about, which makes me question whether or not I really want to work with them, if they're a good person to work with. And ultimately, I don't buy from shops that say that in their policies simply because I don't want to deal with their bad customer service if something goes wrong. 
it's just one example and it's something that's kind of a pet peeve of mine because I see it all the time. But you just want to make sure that your shop is filled out in a way that is professional and looks like a business, not just like an online yard sale or general store. You want to make sure that you have everything that's available to be filled out, filled out. That you include things like your shop announcement, your shop story, your about me, your profile picture, whether it's a logo or an actual picture of you. You just don't want to have any blank boxes that look like you don't really care and you didn't spend the time to remotely make this try to look decent. Number three on my list of things to work on is the biggest thing and also the most important thing, and that is to work on your SEO. You knew that you were not going to get through this whole episode without me mentioning SEO, right? It's kind of my thing. Your Etsy SEO is absolutely vital to the success of your Etsy shop. Without mastering your SEO, you're going to be spending way more time and effort trying to master and market your Etsy shop, and you're ultimately just not going to see the same payoff as you would from driving that organic traffic to your shop through your SEO in the Etsy search engine. Your SEO is made up of your titles, your tags, and your attributes in your listing, which are things like the color, the size, the holiday, etc., that Etsy offers as drop-down menus items on the back end of your listing. Making sure that SEO is optimized to attract your customers, the people who not only would be interested in looking at your shop and window shopping and admiring your products, but actually would also be interested in checking out and becoming a customer, is crucial to being found in the Etsy search engine. The best way to get found in the Etsy search is by optimizing your keywords and your titles and tags. When you're writing out your titles and tags, be thinking about your customer. What are they shopping for? Are they buying gifts? Are they buying for a holiday? Are they looking for a style of something? Sometimes it helps to describe your item out loud. Make up a sentence or two of how you would describe your item if you were a customer who was shopping for something like that. Or talk to a friend or your mom or your sister or someone that you trust and describe the item to them and then take those words and incorporate them into your keywords for your search. I know that people get really overwhelmed by SEO, but the truth of the matter is once you understand how it works and how it helps you to get found, it is a very simple thing to master and will completely transform your shop and completely transform your revenue. Number four on my list of things to work on would be to make sure that you have at least 10 to 15 listings in your shop, especially if you're just getting started. A lot of times people will ask me, what's the magic number of listings that they should have when they're first opening? And I struggle to answer that because I don't think that there is like one certain magic number. However, if a buyer were to stumble upon the front page of your shop where they saw all of your listings that you have listed in your shop, you don't want to only have one or two items because it looks like you're brand new or extremely inexperienced. Now, you may be brand new and also extremely inexperienced, but you want to make sure that you're putting forth a professional image and you have at least a handful of listings, let's say 10 minimum. That will show the buyer that you're serious about selling and also that you have a variety of options listed where they can look and see what other kinds of things you make and maybe something else catches their interest that you make that they hadn't originally stumbled upon. 
So what do you do if you don't actually have 10 different products that you make? My best advice in this realm is to stretch your listings as much as possible. Do you have a jewelry set that, let's say it has a necklace and a pair of earrings? You can list the whole set with both items as one listing, and then you can list the necklace separately, and then you can list the earrings separately. And now you have three listings from that one set. Another example, maybe you have a pair of silver earrings, but you've also made those same earrings in gold, and right now you have it listed as one listing with a variation for silver and a variation for gold. I would recommend that you create two listings from that. They can literally be the same listing that you just create and then copy it, but on one of them have the first picture be a pair of silver earrings, and the silver option is the first option in the variation dropdown, and then in the second listing have the gold picture be the first picture that shows up, and then have the gold variation be the first one in the dropdown. There you have separate listings that are essentially the same thing, but it allows people to see the different options, and it, it allows you to get found in the search through the keywords separately. Now in both of those, you would have both the gold and the silver listed as variations. It would only be changing which one came first and which picture came first. I can go on and on with examples of how to do that, but just think about how to expand on those listings and how to stretch what you have so that you're not creating a ton of samples or giving away a ton of free stuff to friends or family because you've made them to be able to take pictures of them and then list them in your shop as an example. Think about how you can maximize what you already have to create the most number of listings without actually having to create those prototypes before you make the sales of those products because it can get really expensive to be constantly making examples without actually having any sales from those. My last little nugget of advice, if you are just getting started on Etsy or if you haven't really had any consistent sales on Etsy is to direct everyone you know to Etsy, all of your traffic to Etsy. Oftentimes I will have people that will ask me how to be successful on Etsy, but they've already had some success selling on Facebook to friends or family or whoever. And it really depends on your goals because a lot of people are just happy selling on Facebook here and there to the people that they know. It's very part-time and that's the end of it. But I'm assuming that that's not your goal because you're listening to this podcast. So if your goal is to reach far beyond your friends and family, I would recommend that you direct your tra traffic to the Etsy platform, even if it's somebody that you do know or somebody local or a friend or a family or whatever. Part of what makes your listings on Etsy relevant is having traffic that goes to your shop and then checks out and buys your product. That shows that people are interested in your product. It shows the Etsy system that people are interested in your product and that they are making that decision to buy your products after finding them and looking at them. So even if you know that that person is going to buy from you because you're friends with them in real life and they've already decided to buy, it still helps you to move up the ladder of listings in the search if you have those people check out through Etsy. Now, I know that I'm going to have people email me and say this, so I'm just going to go ahead and address it right off the bat. You don't want to pay fees to Etsy when you're driving the traffic there yourself or you know the person like your friend is in real life, right? Okay, I get that you don't want to pay those fees, but what are your long-term goals? Are your long-term goals to sell to your friends forever? If they are, then selling in person is fine and selling on Facebook is fine. If your long-term goal is to have a broader reach than that and to actually build a business that attracts people beyond just the people that you know, then you need to figure out how to get found in search. And having people buy your listings will help you to get bumped up in that search and it will help you to be 
more relevant in the Etsy algorithm. Selling on Facebook is not ever going to get anywhere beyond just selling to those same people over and over again. It doesn't help to expand your reach. It doesn't help you to get found beyond that. That's kind of the end of the story. I can't imagine if I'd not sold those first few items in my shop to people that I knew because I wanted to save that 5% Etsy fee and sell directly to them to avoid that fee. It would potentially have taken so much more time to get the ball rolling in my shop and to get found in the search and on the platform, which has ended up with almost a half a million dollars in sales produced from my little one-woman basement shop. Sometimes in business, you have to look at the long-range plan and not what is saving you a few pennies here and there right the second. That 5% cost on Etsy can help move the needle in your business and help you to get found in a real way in the search on Etsy, which brings in hundreds and hundreds of and thousands of buyers every day. So I would highly recommend that you look at that bigger picture of what you're doing with selling on Etsy rather than just that 5% fee, even if you are selling to those people that you know in real life. I hope that all of these things have been really helpful to you if you are just getting started or if you're in that weird time of being started but not really seeing any success and not really sure where you want to go with your shop and how to move your business forward and actually see that success that you're wanting. If you've opened your shop and you've not gotten your first sale or you've gotten that first sale or handful of sales and then it kind of died and you don't have anything else happening and you're not sure how long to wait, I would really encourage you to hop on over to our Facebook group community, Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger, and join in the discussion about your Etsy shop and the Etsy best practices. We would love to have you and love to have you join that community. And you can find it at creativemomboss.com slash Facebook. That is all for today, and I will see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.